0: Let's get this shit started. This is the Down and Dirty Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast with your host, Nick Anderson. What is up, Dynasty Degenerates? This is your host, Nick Anderson, with the Down and Dirty Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. Or as you all know at the Triple D FFP. And, guys, I'm so happy that we got Jake Trowbridge on the show tonight. He was a last-minute addition. I had some cancellations, and I hit him up. He is so awesome to be so generous to come on the show and save my ass. So, Jake, thank you so much for coming on. What's going on, man?
1: First of all, you are welcome. Second of all, I am used to being the last-minute addition. I'm pretty sure that's how I ended up in my current relationship. So (laughs) I I understand. Uh, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm getting more and more excited by the minutes as we count down towards the NFL season kickoff here.
0: Yes, dude, I've been so nervous about us not making it across the finish line. And we are about what are we? T-minus 24 hours until kickoff for the game tomorrow. I'm going to be at the game, so I'm going to be I'm not going to have a voice coming this weekend. I'm going to be tomahawk chopping my ass off but socially distancing at the same time because it's responsible. All right, but I just cannot wait to actually see snaps, throws, and runs, and two hundred and seventy-five pound men crushing into each other.
1: It's all we've ever really ever wanted, and now we get to finally see it again. It's weird, I guess, when you put it that way. But yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> enthralled at the idea of getting to see it again.
0: That's right, and so. It- In honor of the season starting back up and Thursday night football being back in full swing, we are going to go over the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Houston Texans game tomorrow night. You ready to kick it off, Jake?
1: Uh, I'm more than ready.
0: (laughs) All right, so let's get into the quarterback position here. So we have got two of the finest young quarterbacks in the NFL facing off against each other this weekend in Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So, what are you what are you kind of expecting from these two guys? I mean, how are you how are you feeling that they're going to come out faring fantasy football wise?
1: Uh, I'm I'm expecting these two guys to essentially wind up with top three to four finishes for on the week here, just based off of this matchup. I know first game of the season, it's a little nerve wracking when you look back at some of the recent Thursday night kickoff games and the low scoring contests that those were. Uh, speaking about the Packers and Bears to kick things off last year, ended up with a ten to three finish. I do not expect that to be the case for the Texans and Chiefs. I'm expecting something a little bit more along the lines of the two different contests that they had last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the first meeting during the regular uh, season there, where it was a thirty one to twenty four finish, and then of course, uh, most of us recall the dastardly end to that Kansas City Texans playoff game in the divisional round, uh, with that crazy upset, but it was a 51 to 31 game. I don't know, maybe somewhere in that ballpark. I could see each of these guys chucking <laughs> about, uh, three to 18 touchdowns a piece. So I'm just really excited, uh, to see the end result of this because we've got two okay defenses, uh, nothing world beating and there's the offensive line maybe turmoil in houston uh so maybe we'll see a few sacks happen for poor Deshaun. but um i'm excited to have him whip up those new weapons into a frenzy
0: yes that will be super interesting and you talked about the game the uh playoff game man that was the last that was the last game that i got to go to last season and uh, i never show up to games late i always tailgate i'm always drinking but i took my son to this game and i had to work a little bit late so we If you've never been to Arrowhead, there's no other stadium like it in the United States. Okay. In the NFL, Arrowhead is a wholeheartedly unique environment. And usually it takes you, you know, 30, 45 minutes to get into the stadium, get seated. My wife dropped me off about two minutes before the end of the first quarter. We were in our seats by the absolute end of the first quarter and they didn't take their foot off the gas since the first quarter. So my son's getting head rubs and stuff. They're calling him the lucky charm. I mean, man, it it couldn't have happened better because nobody wanted to sit through that first quarter in that game, and everybody wanted to be there for the second, third, and fourth, and it was an awesome experience. But I think you're right. I think we're going to see a lot of the same numbers, a lot of the same air yards, all of those things that happened in that previous you know, face-off between them. Because even though we don't have uh, DeAndre Hopkins, on the Texans anymore, they have weapons. And, I mean, when when Will Fuller's healthy, he's one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL. I mean, points per touch is insane. You've got Brandon Cook, which who knows if he's going to play, you know. But, I mean, if he does play, he is a great wide receiver. So, I'm I'm really excited about this. I think – so, we're looking at um, points allowed by each team last year and yards allowed. Houston came in as the second worst team in the NFL – facing off against quarterbacks they allowed 5,078 yards in total last year through the air and 306 yards per game and so when we're looking at this this is an average this is an average 306 per game and there is nothing average about Patrick Mahomes so I could fully see him coming out of this game with somewhere around you know 350 370 passing yards and somewhere near three to four touchdowns and Deshaun Watson, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs were actually surprisingly 15th last year against uh, quarterbacks, allowing 264 passing yards. But again, that's average. And Deshaun Watson is nothing, but he's nothing, <laughs> no average there. Um, so we'll see about that. And the loss of Juan Thornhill might actually make a little bit of a difference in this uh, in this DB secondary. So I think that, that Watson could very, very easily end up with 300 plus passing yards as well. And, you know, a couple, if not three or four TDs. Um, so let's go on to the wide receiver core. So I talked about it a little bit. Who's your most? Who are you most excited to see this this week?
1: If he plays, and it's a big if, it is Brandon Cooks because I've been dying to know how he's going to fit into that offense. Uh, we obviously know that he's a deep ball guy, and he's excelled in. Every offense that he's been a part of uh last year, notwithstanding. But the guy is he just seems to get better every time that he switches to a new offense. So he he really puts a damper on that whole metric about wide receivers who change teams and then drop off. He's been the the opposite end of that. I am very excited to see if Deshaun finds him early and often. Again, with that injury, man, I, I don't know. I'm not banking on him. And certainly if he was. Uh, in my starting lineup consideration, he's being tempered right now and you are putting him in a spot where you can easily move him out of that, uh, lineup. But yeah, if he plays, I'm really excited. Same side of the ball, same team. I'm excited. Well, excited might be a bit of an overstatement, but I'm curious to see how they utilize David Johnson in that offense. I know some people have very high hopes for him this year. I am more on the downside of that. Uh, my expectations are fairly low. I'm hoping that he can actually make me look like an idiot uh, and come out and look like the DJ from a couple years ago.
0: Right. Yeah. And I mean, I am. I am. I have been of the philosophy of the do not draft Brandon Cooks camp because I am so worried about his injury history. And I, I, it's one of those things that, like, the other day, I had a draft where I was going for running backs, and I had the option between josh jacobs and miles sanders okay and when i looked at it i thought to myself which of these players doesn't have a hamstring injury right now and the answer was josh jacobs and so if at all i can err on the side of caution when it comes to injuries i read something by the undroppables that said that brandon cooks has a like 75 percent higher chance of acquiring a concussion than anybody else in the league or something like that and so that number was just astonishing to me so i've tried to fade him but If he's healthy and if he can play, he is going to be an absolute playmaker for Deshaun Watson. And like you said, he's going to be somebody that makes me look stupid. Um, David Johnson, I've been someone that's kind of been avoiding him as well. I had this whole theory this year, with the exception of Todd Gurley, if he fell to me in the right spot, of avoiding all of the transplants. I didn't want to get any of the transplants this year. I didn't want the Melvin Gordons. I didn't want the David Johnsons. I didn't want the Todd Gurleys. Avoid all of them at all costs. And so, I mean, David Johnson looked like a shell of himself last year. But if he can come back to the thousand thousand DJ that we saw of years past, he could really do something. And when he's playing against this Kansas City defense who was sixth worst in the league to running backs last season, he really has an opportunity to be able to show. So let's get into the Kansas City wide receiver core. So we've got a little bit of a knee problem, and I'm, I'm, I'm including all of our pass catchers in this. we got a little bit of a knee problem going on with Travis Kelsey right now. What lanes do you think that opens up for the other pass catchers, and who do you think, if he kind of has to take a back seat in this game, benefits the most from that?
1: It's hard for me to look unilaterally from what Travis Kelsey would be doing in that offense and then just place that over towards any one of the other receivers. I do think that if he's gone, it benefits a couple of those guys. I, I don't think one of them inherits what would be his supposed workload there. Right. Um, but I do think maybe the person who I'd be somewhat interested in is I hate to even say it out loud. Sammy Watkins for week one, just as a flex play to see, because look, all those guys are going to have to get involved then. And that would actually mean Sammy uh, would get involved too. And obviously he was an end, 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 end of draft kind of guy for a lot of folks. Um, But Nicole Hardman would get interesting for me as well. I don't think that you'd see a a bump up to an extra eight targets just because Travis Kelsey is out, but I do think that he would get a little bit of work. Um, Honestly, maybe that benefits CEH the most, though, or whoever the running back would be back there, uh, Daryl Williams-Truthers, I guess. Um, But yeah, CEH could get some more work if, and I really hope he doesn't sit, but if Kelsey sits, then all those guys could get a little bump up.
0: Right. I I definitely think that, you know, Kelsey is one of the most dynamic tight ends that we see in the NFL. I mean, if not the most him and George Kittle are you know, one a one B in that realm. But if if Kelsey is not there, then it is going to open up, you know, the crossing short you know, dump off stuff, which isn't entirely Kelsey's game, but it is a game of the tight end, you know? And so I believe that CEH will be the benefactor of that. And something interesting that we need to pay attention to, we've been talking about the rankings against, you know, like positionals for the uh, Houston Texans and the Houston Texans were the fourth worst in the league last year against running backs, allowing 153 yards per game against them okay and so this i i did a twitter poll the other day talking about um ceh versus kareem hunt okay and i was and if you remember we all remember kareem's first game against new england where he put up something like 246 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns you know so I w- i'll ask you this question how many games knowing that ceh has the possibility of feasting off of a travis kelsey injury that he's going up against an offense that was fourth worst against running backs last year, allowing 153 yards on average per outing. How many games do you think it takes CEH to reach 246 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns this year?
1: Uh, Honestly, maybe I'm caught up in the hype, but I'm okay with it if I am, because I think by the end of game two, you're going to see those numbers as almost a lock. I think halfway through game two, you could see that exact same thing. I'm not expecting him to come out and bust like Kareem Hunt did, bust right. out like Kareem Hunt did in this first game, obviously. I mean, that was just insane what yes. he did. And that was after he fumbled on like the second player, his his first.
0: After, after having zero fumbles his entire collegiate career. <laughs> no fumbles, first or second carry. And I think it was legitimately the first carry fumble in the NFL. Might have been Boom.
1: Yeah, and then to put up those numbers is almost like that just made him mad enough to, to hulk out. But really, I do think after the first two games, we could see very realistically CEH do that. I think the concerns about a potential committee back there are greatly overstated for those folks who are worried about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was no real committee back last year. We had Damian Williams running the ball. And so I don't understand how we could be curious about like the, the, you know, Daryl Williams or anything coming in and being a problem.
1: Yeah, I'm not concerned. So uh, if, look, if you wanted to take a shot on Williams as like a best ball running back, just in case, you know, you want to play against the odds because maybe CEH fumbles and then they, you know, they drop him or something uh, and they bench him. But, you know, then, Hey, if you want to be contrarian, that's the time to be contrarian. Don't get cute with your, your starting lineups in week one though, uh, put CEH firmly in that RB one slot. Cause I'm excited to see what he can do. 100%.
0: And so, I mean, when we're talking, so let's just start it from the top down to the bottom again. We think that Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson could, you know, have top five performances both of them in Week One. So we could see a real high flying affair on Thursday Night Football. We move our way down to the wide receivers. So, you- so would you say right now, all people healthy, everything the same? Tyreek Hill is going to have the best Week One, or do you think that somebody else could be a dark horse candidate for that? Or, I mean, the dark how- in this game.
1: In this game, the dark horse candidate is Will Fuller if Brandon Cooks is out. Because if Brandon Cooks is out, you're looking at the rapport between Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. We talked about how crazy efficient Fuller is as a wide receiver. If you can get him for a full healthy game without uh, DeAndre Hopkins there to funnel in some of those easy targets, Fuller could legitimately be the wide receiver one out of this game. But that is a little bit of a dark horse pick there. I think it's it's easily Tyreek if I'm ranking them. It's certainly Tyreek then Will Fuller.
0: It would, but we've seen Will Fuller have those anomaly games throughout his career. He's always had that one game a season, two games a season, and it's largely because of his health. It's not because he doesn't have the ability to reproduce that week in and week out. It's because he doesn't. He has to stay on the field to be able to have those games but he's healthy this week, so I 100% agree with you. He could be one of those scary plays, and if there was ever a time to start Will Fuller in your starting lineup, it's week one when you know that he's healthy. So then we'll move on to the running backs. We'll talk, or we we'll move on to tight end real quick. So, I mean, is there anybody that you're interested in starting, anybody that's on your roster, anything like that, out of the Texans' offense?
1: Out of the offense in general for the Texans there, one guy we haven't talked about, that I could see working into a flex spot just because of this matchup is actually Randall Cobb. That's mm-hmm. not just me as a Packers homer here talking up a uh, former Packer, great Randall Cobb. Uh, but I really do think when you looked at his metrics last year, it's actually kind of crazy. He got a lot more uh, air yards than I think a lot of people thought he did he ranked very highly in that category so again supposing brandon cooks is out that's a guy that i might be interested as a sneaky flex play there tight ends you'd have to really twist my arm to get me to start one of these texans tight ends i think they can work for you. Right. But figuring out which tight end it's going to be is your issue. Watson actually did use his tight ends quite a bit to start last year. Without Hopkins, I could see one of those guys getting work. But again, is it Fells? Is it Akins? Is it new guy Kahali Warring, who I'm right. really excited about irrationally? <laughs> um, but no, I, I would not actually feel comfortable starting anybody outside of Kelsey if he's 100% good to go.
0: Right, 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 right. And I agree with that. I mean, if you're in a two tight end league, which I know some people play in, if that's something that you're in, then these guys really could be, you know, a factor. If I were to have to, you know, say somebody it's so hard with that team because they did distribute it so evenly last year, but in a two tight end league, this could be a high flying enough fair that you could get somebody in your starting roster. Obviously Kelsey's the show. Let's hope that he's healthy. We don't have any information really on it right now. We know that he did practice today and they say that he's going to be a go for the game, but you know, a hyper extension like that, you never know what's going on. And Kelsey does have a history of knee injuries. It's just, he's been so healthy for so long that we forgot about, you know, those early dark days where he didn't see the field. I really appreciate your Cobb take on that because the because people don't acknowledge enough that the reason why we're so excited about CD Lamb's potential in Dallas, you know, is a because he's an absolute stellar athlete, but it's because of the gaping hole that Randall Cobb left. It was something like 98 targets or something that he got last season and we're expecting those to be transferred over to CD Lamb. Randall Cobb has been a consistent producer in the NFL he hasn't always been sexy but he's been consistent and I think that in an uncertain you know Houston passing attack he could come out as one of the more viable options in this offense.
1: Absolutely, I, I love what you're talking about the the gaping hole that Randall Cobb uh, left, in that's like the one that he left in my heart when he left Green Bay a couple of years back. But no, it's it's really it, it's wild. I think both him and Jason Witten had the same number of targets, which sounds bad when you put it that way. But Jason tar- Jason Witten got targeted a lot. I think it was like it was upper 80s or something like that. But yeah, it was it was a lot, and the dude had like 15. Uh, yards per reception right. uh, last year. So, you know, he came in and usurped what Cole Beasley did. He was a, in, an improvement over that. So he goes to this fresh offense with um, arguably a wilder quarterback, one who might take some more chances with him. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, it, it's an interesting consideration.
0: And so... um we were actually talking. You we were talking about Randall Cobb. We were talking about Green Bay, and it reminded me as a Green Bay, you know, diehard fan. I was wondering if you remember a guy. So I played at Missouri Western, uh, linebacker there. Okay. And I played with a guy by the name of Michael Hill. Do you remember Michael Hill as a, uh, as a preseason, you know, player that, th- that you guys had for Green Bay? He was a running back for you guys.
1: I, I do not recall that name, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I just remember it because he's got a bunch of pictures with Randall Cobb out there on the field, like chest bumping in preseason games and stuff like that. So it always makes me think back and I don't talk to that many Packers fans because, you know, I got my half Vikings love going on. So I was curious if that was a name that resonated with you. But we'll move on to the running backs as a final piece for this. We talked about David Johnson's upside. He, like I said, I was not a fan of what I saw from him last year, but sometimes a change of scenery can be a resurgence in one's career. And so hopefully David Johnson, who seems to have the bell cow load there, even though I think that Duke Johnson should and could take a lot of work from him. But as of right now, it seems like he's going to be the heir apparent to the majority of the touches. If he can produce, Kansas City is a good place to do it, being the sixth worst, worst offense against running backs last season. So David Johnson, you know, could sneak himself into a top 15 week in the NFL so he should be on your start list no questions asked he's healthy today and then Clyde Edwards Hilaire coming out the gate against Houston who like we said was the fourth worst against running backs last season I think that Clyde could have a stellar week one that would answer a lot of questions for people about what he can do in the NFL and how he will produce so I'm firmly expecting that if it's all gas no breaks for Clyde then he could see himself in a top five week in the NFL and fantasy football is so that something you could agree with?
1: 100% agree. That's the number that popped into my head as you were saying that was, if if there's a week for him to be a top five, uh, close to a lock, I think is the this is the one that you should bank on for that. Um, I, the only thing with David Johnson that I'm nervous about in this matchup is just. Does he get targets? I I need to, and I want to see him get some targets in that offense. We know that historically that has not been the case for Texans running backs. Unfortunately, talking about Duke Johnson, who's still on the team this year. I think a lot of people expected him to thrive going to the Texans last year. It just did not work out for him because he didn't see those dump offs. Deshaun Watson is not a dump off kind of guy. Now, does that change because his security blanket, his binky, DeAndre Hopkins, is gone? I think that's what you have to hope for here. Uh, and we should be able to at least get somewhat of a feel for that in this first game. But even just touchdown upside, though, I, I got to say, yeah, David Johnson should be okay here because there's a realm where he gets three touchdowns in this game, you know, on top of 100 yards and, and you're sitting pretty there.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, all things considered, all stat lines, you know, taken, analyzed, and looked at, it doesn't matter. Because it's Thursday night football, and the NFL is back, boys and girls, and we could not be more excited. So, Jake, thank you very much for coming on the show, man. If you guys don't know, you can find him at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter, and he, he just has a great channel where he interacts with everybody. He's super funny. He's got a lot of things, and, and, and in between the funny stuff, he provides some killer analysis on fantasy football takes. So, Jake, tell them what you got going on right now, where they can find you, anything that you want the crowd to know.
1: Yeah, you can find me uh, again floating around Twitter doing uh, as random of things as I see fit, I guess, to do during that day. But I try and lean heavily on actual analysis now that the games are starting here. So you should see a little bit more of that filter into my timeline. Uh, You can also catch me along with my co-host, Dustin Lunt, on the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football podcast. Emphasis on the drinking. Um, You can find us on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. Uh, And we release every week now, and we're going to be doing some maybe little mini snippets uh, as the week progresses now as well.
0: That's awesome. And yeah, you guys, you'll be able to find his link for his podcast in the information down below. And while you're down there, make sure that you like, share and subscribe all the information for this channel. That's how you guys get to see more content, more content that we have coming out with. And we've got a big episode coming up for you shortly. We're going to be adding a co-host to the show, but I'm not going to ruin who it is just yet. So get ready for that, guys. Everybody give a big thanks to Jake for coming on the show. You know, I hope that you like our takes, but if you don't fuck it, because we're drunk.